G'day and welcome to the Bernie Gannon Show. It is great to have your company. Well, we start this show with all the latest news from the dangerous COVID outbreak in the nation's West. Western Australians are this week living under house arrest. Those in Perth and Peel cannot leave the area, or for that matter, even their own homes. Even the poor buggers who just came to Western Australia's capital for a visit and happened to be mingling somewhere in this region of approximately 2 million people when a single person got the sniffles, well, they are now locked in and must remain within the quarantine zone too. Everything's shut, of course, except the packed out Woolies, where panicked Perthians are crammed in like sardines, searching elusively for that roll of dunny paper. From COVID free to COVID chaos in an instant. Rumours sparked panic buying even before the Premier broke the bad news live to WA at 12.40pm. Fortunately, for those of you who may be aghast at this apparent lack of social distancing, I can absolutely guarantee you that COVID just does not happen inside a jam-packed shopping centre. Anywhere else, however, is a contagious, dangerous cesspool of viral corruption. Whatever you do, don't go in. Stick to crowded coals. It is much safer. The West Australian government has cancelled most elective surgery because, you know, there is not a single COVID patient in any one of the 80 hospitals in the state. You know it makes sense. So if you're about to finally get your hip replacement, that's now on hold indefinitely. It's in Mark McGowan's best interest for you to continue to hobble around in pain and agony until he's re-elected. He does have a state election coming up and thanks you for your patience. If you don't like it, you can always consider euthanasia, which McGowan helpfully legalized late last year. We had a quick break from carefully saving his citizens' lives. You can't have visitors if you live in Perth. You also can't get married at the moment either. And on the whole, it would be better for everyone if you could put off dying too. Funerals are just not appropriate in these circumstances. Obviously, masks must be worn at all times. In fact, if you can manage it, you should probably wear too. And then climb inside a garbage bag and pull that tight around you as well before immersing yourself into a small lake of Dettol. Schools are closed, as is TAFE, pubs and clubs, gyms, playgrounds, they're very dangerous, cinemas, libraries, churches. In fact, pretty much everywhere except the local supermarket, which is the proud sponsor of this pandemic. Brothels are also open, however. Apparently, they're essential businesses. There are only four reasons you can leave the confines of your home detention if you live in Perth. And one of them, very importantly, is exercise, but you must be back safely inside within 60 minutes. The cops have temporarily suspended the hunt for murderers and rapists to make sure that this far more important law is policed. And these restrictions also apply to anyone living in the Margaret River area, which is a three hour drive south of Perth and which is one of the areas the lone wolf COVID positive super spreader actually studiously avoided. While he was lethally walking around the state capital for the past few days, selfishly exhaling virus-laden air into the general community. All of these restrictions and government activities sure have created an air of excitement and officialdom in Western Australia. The government is on the job. It's busy saving your life. You should be thankful you can only go outside an hour a day. And Mark McGowan is obviously relishing every second he gets in the limelight. Move over, Dan and Anna. McGowan can shut things down just like that as well. He's going to eliminate this thing. But what we know now, compared to this time last year, 
is that the best approach is to eliminate the virus from our community. But, and this is the question no State Premier ever wants to answer, what's the point of all this? Because all Mark McGowan's done this week is prove that his elimination strategy is one, just not possible, and two, means that life will regularly be shut down when someone, anyone, perhaps even no one at all is seen grabbing for a hanky. It may not have occurred yet to Mark McGowan, but the central requirement of an elimination strategy is a perpetual hard border. And not only to people, but to animals as well, and even ice cream. COVID-19 has contaminated a batch of ice cream in China. The virus was detected in three samples produced by a local food company this week. If McGowan is really serious about elimination, well then Western Australia is gonna to have to start making everything, nothing in, and if you leave, you're out forever. Good luck with that. Because if anything enters Western Australia from now on until the end of humanity, the whole entire purpose of McGowan's elimination strategy will at some point go belly up. The purpose of elimination is to prevent the need to lock people up in their homes, just like he's done. And as the residents of Perth are now enduring home detention, the only obvious conclusions are that Mark McGowan's strategy has failed completely or he's actually just pretending that he can eliminate the virus because the inevitable lockdown in the middle of an election campaign is a winning political strategy. I would actually go with both of those. The Western Australian Premier is an arrogant fool. He believes he can eliminate COVID-19, but he's also a shrewd enough politician to know fear has just worked political wonders around the world. If Western Australians vote McGowan back in, they'll deserve everything they get, and they will get more lockdowns, that is guaranteed. You just cannot be too safe when it comes to COVID-19. We should all know that by now. That's why I carry around commercial grade disinfectant and just spray myself at regular intervals. I know it's a carcinogen, but it's worth the risk. Like most people, I'd rather die as a chemically induced growth slowly wreaks havoc on my internal organs than be outed on Twitter as a COVID super spreader. That'd just be way too much to bear. Plus, since I super glued my nose shut in May last year, I haven't sneezed and not a single drop of bodily fluid has drifted in or oozed out of my nostrils. I'm doing my bit for humanity. And it seems others are now jumping on board too and not soon enough. For instance, and I can't believe it's taken us almost a year for us to have this important conversation. Why wear one mask when you can wear two or 17? Watch. Since the start of the pandemic, experts have urged us to do three things. Wash our hands, maintain social distance and wear a mask all the time. Not when you feel like it, all the time when you're not eating and drinking. <laughs> wear a mask all the time, says a smiling COVID pompous news reporter from CNBC, while he actually doesn't wear a mask. Pfft, that man is a danger to humanity. He should be arrested for his brazen mouth breeding at you while you sit, unprepared and defenseless in your lounge room. You could die. His only redeeming feature is that he is helping us to understand the importance of double masking. But now the experts say with these variants, it's time to double up and wear two. This morning, Dr. Fauci endorsed the, endorsed the idea on the Today Show. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. Honestly, I don't know why no one has thought of this before. Of course, two masks are better than one, but how do we do it? It all sounds so complicated. 
Luckily for hypochondriacs everywhere, the Washington Post has put together this important community announcement. It will answer your every question. So how does a double mask work and what's the best way to wear it? You'll need a surgical mask and a multi-layer cloth mask. Place the surgical mask on your face first. The material of the surgical mask is engineered to repulse the virus and will help mitigate transmission. Now place the cloth mask on top. The cloth mask provides a physical barrier to respiratory droplets that may contain the virus. Once both masks are on and you've achieved a snug and comfortable seal on your nose, mouth, and chin, you're good to go. You'll be good to go with two masks and you'll even look holier with three. But personally, I don't think society will be safe until we embrace masks like this. And your lack of faith disturbing. Have faith, wear a mask or two. That guy didn't, and look what happened to him. Well, Joe Biden was only president for a matter of minutes before the communist Chinese regime tested his broad shoulders on which the large responsibility for protecting the free world now rests. The Chinese government had a large number of military aircraft simulate a strike on the island of Taiwan. Welcome back. China continues to taunt and test the new administration and the world, sending 15 fighter jets into Taiwanese airspace. The United States State Department calling the intimidation tactic concerning this move coming as President Xi Jinping is threatening a, quote, new Cold War against any nation that would stand up to communist China. Luckily, we can breathe easy. Joe Biden won't let communist China push the free world around just like that. No, no, no. He has other plans, and to demonstrate he means business, the new US president sprang into action, signing an executive order that is sure to have sent a very strong message to Xi Jinping. Yes, the US military will now once again recruit transgender soldiers after it was left dangerously weak by President Trump, who, for some strange reason, did not think giving estrogen pills to his frontline warriors was a winning move. In fact, Reversing this dastardly transgender ban was one of the very first things Joe Biden changed in his new Strong America, which is also wonderfully in touch with its diverse and transgender side. Tonight, President Joe Biden signing an executive order reversing his predecessor's ban on transgender troops serving in the military. One of 23 executive actions he's taken so far aimed squarely at rolling back the Trump agenda. And what I'm doing is enabling all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform. Needless to say, this was a move that the Chinese regime simply was not expecting. It may take them some time to work out how to counter this stroke of strategic genius by President Joe Biden, which has probably rocked the Chinese military leadership to its very core. In fact, I have some exclusive footage of the reaction to Joe Biden's executive order in Beijing. Watch. <laughs> now, just in case you were wondering where all of this leaves Australia, you needn't worry. We'll have our new submarines ready to help transport the new US Rainbow Brigade to Taiwan's defense anytime around 2050. So you can rest assured, now that Joe Biden is in power, communist China is obviously having second thoughts about invading Taiwan or flexing any more of its military muscle. It's just too risky. We can all go back to wondering how to wear two of those masks again. 
Obviously, if you've been paying close attention, China is not the only military threat facing Joe Biden at the moment. He also faces a pressing homegrown insurgency, a strange coalition of white supremacists, Christians and libertarians could at any moment tear down the White House, seize control of the levers of state and start digging coal mines willy-nilly and conducting election audits. The horror, the horror of it all. Fortunately, it seems the only thing that prevented this insurgency from rising earlier was Antifa and the Black Lives Matter movement. They're mostly peaceful riots. Looting and arson attacks throughout 2020 were all that prevented the dude in the Viking hat from toppling the US government earlier. In hindsight, the $2 billion worth of damage caused by those riots last year was the best investment the US could ever make in its democracy. The true scope of the threat is now only becoming clear. It's now known that Al-Qaeda-like terrorists have actually buried themselves deep deep into the US military and police networks in what is obviously some Russian-backed long-term strategy. Now the sleepers are coming out. It was first evident there was a problem, a big problem, when so many people in military and law enforcement circles voted for Donald Trump. And then during the inauguration, some of them might have posted things on social media. So they were taken offline and booted home, no questions asked. What can you tell us about the approximately a dozen or possibly more National Guard members who've been pulled off duty because of either posts on uh, social media or other issues. How big of a threat do you think this is? Do you think there are more? And frankly, any details on this that you can provide, I think, would, would, be, would be good since obviously the general public is listening and watching this event with, with great concern. Thank you. Leader, thank you for that question. And so we work very closely with law enforcement. And if there's any identification or anything whatsoever that, that needs to be looked into, out of an abundance of caution, we automatically pull those personnel off the line and make sure that they're not part of the mission set. And in certain cases, um, we make sure that we get them sent home. Uh, but as General Hoganson mentioned, we're, we're, not, we're not asking questions right now. We're not asking questions of people who are flagged. We're out of an abundance of caution, taking action and uh, immediately removing them from from the line of duty uh, at the Capitol and the events taking place. Uh, and then we will address them, uh, whether it's through law enforcement if necessary or through their own chain of command. But the, the point here is that we have the vetting processes that are in place. Uh, we also have, as General Hokanson mentioned, uh, internal to the ranks as well. Uh, people have made it clear that uh, if you see something, you should you should raise it. Uh, we are taking steps to uh, to ensure that uh, there's no, no concerns. Now, some people watching that might think that a green light had just been given for a political purge inside the US National Guard. Your platoon commander liked President Trump post in 2017, and he also just gave you an order you don't like. Report him, have him taken offline during the presidential inauguration. That wouldn't end his career, and you wouldn't get noticed for being a super vigilant terrorist hunter. Huh? Maybe it would. Of course, that wouldn't happen though, but not in this environment. There is no political purge underway, after all, Trump supporters aren't actually terrorists, are they? Um, you know, I was thinking the Guard is 90 some odd percent, I believe, male. Um, only about 20 percent of white males voted for Biden. You got 5 percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75 percent are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. And there were military people and police who took oaths to defend the Constitution and to protect and defend who didn't do it, who were in the, the 
the vetting at the last minute. But, I mean, that's far to, to, to have voted for, for Trump does not make you an insider. Th- I mean, that, that's far different from being a threat uh, of violence inside whether the National Guard or law enforcement. I, I'm curious, is there is there anything you've seen to substantiate just how broad this in, insider threat may be, if it, if it exists? Absolutely not, Jim, but, you know, you, you draw a circle first. The first circle is people who work for Trump and not for Biden, as far as people who would be within uh, the, the zone of folks who you'd be suspect of. Suspect group is large. Well... Maybe Trump supporters are terrorists. That was Congressman Steve Cohen, and you heard him. The first circle of suspects in this new domestic terrorism campaign is anyone who voted for Trump and not Biden. He said that out loud. And if it sounded like he thinks anyone who didn't vote for his side of politics should be under state surveillance, well, that's because he just said it out loud for all of us to hear. So yeah, there is a political purge underway in America, and it's intent on weeding out those who supported President Trump from the military and law enforcement world. For years, people like me have been warning that this was going to happen. And for years, people like me have been ridiculed as weird right-wing conspiracy theorists. But it's happening right now and publicized across the world via the CNN. Good times. And it's going to get worse. This rhetoric has not stopped now that Biden has won. In fact, it's ramped up even further. Here is the former head of the CIA, John Brennan, who is behind much of the now completely discredited and known to be fake claim that Donald Trump was a Russian agent, telling MSNBC a few days ago that even libertarians were akin to Islamic State terrorists. It's so much more difficult today because of what we have seen, not just over the last two weeks, but that certainly has riveted our attention, but because of this growth in polarization in the United States and domestic violence in white supremacist groups. So I know looking forward that the members of the, the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, Mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that's just departed government, but also those who continue in the halls of Congress. And so I really do uh, think that the law enforcement, homeland security, intelligence, and even the defense officials are doing everything possible to root out what seems to be a very, very serious and insidious threat to our democracy and our republic. And this week, the Washington Post ran articles titled such as The US is finally catching up to the domestic terrorism threat and We're still too complacent about the threat of violent domestic terrorism. There have been calls to run military operations inside America akin to the war against the Islamic State. The targets? Well, that's obvious. Anyone who voted the wrong way. They're terrorists and could easily start decapitating innocent civilians in the streets. Better send in the 101st Airborne Division, complete with its new quota of transgender soldiers and BLM and Antifa liaison officers to root out any dissent. Then, and only then, will America be safe. We even have AOC, the social media hero of the Democratic Party, claiming that Senator Ted Cruz tried to murder her. She made that statement because Ted Cruz, dangerously, I admit, said that he fully agreed with AOC over calls for an investigation 
into the decision to stop small investors buying GameStop shares. Now, we don't know exactly how Ted Cruz tried to have AOC killed. She didn't point out those details, but apparently, get this, it had something to do with Ted Cruz challenging the election result. Whoa. Now, I admit, asking for signature audits on mail-in ballots is a very dangerous thing to do. It is akin to murdering Democratic politicians. Better just to accept that the election result was hunky-dory because the Democrats say so. But here's the point. For years, people have been saying around barbecues and at footy clubs and at family gatherings that it looks like America is going to have a civil war. We're at that point now where the rhetoric actually cannot get any higher. Or dangerously, unless the Democrats send the troops in, their claims of an insurgency fueled within the very halls of the Capitol are going to become plainly absurd. Now, the last thing a politician needs is it for it to become obvious to everyone that they are full of hot air. So the only way the Democrats can keep the pretense of an insurgency up is to actually send in the troops and start rounding people up. Look, there must be an insurgency because we just jailed this guy. Here, he liked the President Trump meme. Now, apart from the Democrats backing down and admitting that they were delusional, this is the only place that we can go from here. But it won't actually be a civil war. It will simply be the Democrats openly seizing control of the military and policing power of the American state and turning it on their political opponents. It's about to happen. And when it does, China will no longer be the biggest threat most Americans face. It will be their next door neighbor, armed with a phone and the number for the political education officer. Staying on a military theme but returning to Australia, you may remember the hoo-ha before Christmas about war crimes in the SAS. Now, I've had plenty to say about this in the past. War crimes are bad, we all know that. If war crimes did happen, soldiers should be charged. We all know that part too, but we don't follow it. That's why not a single soldier has been charged with any actual war crime. The hierarchy of the ADF wanted a report that would find they didn't bear any responsibility for sending soldiers again and again and again and again to Afghanistan first. To get it, they concocted an investigation process that would smear everyone else without giving them a chance to defend themselves and it would get them off. And that is exactly what we got. But you might like to know a little bit more about the person who kicked all of this off. Samantha Cromvotes is her name. She is a feminist sociologist. Obviously, that makes her the perfect person to investigate the SAS. She's also been paid more than $7 million since 2012 for cultural change advice to the Australian Defence Force. You know the kind of stuff. We need more female soldiers. The patriarchy's bad. That kind of thing. Now, it's not a bad gig if you can get it. Anyway, Cromvotes has female intuition. She knew the rumours she heard were the truth. I was really conscious that I'm a woman who has never been to war and, you know, that there's a whole lot of stuff that I don't know. But the, the things that were described to me, there was no doubt that these things had occurred. And I heard similar stories from different people, from different organisations who told similar kinds of stories. That was what was disturbing. Like, that's why, that's why I had no doubt. And if I had have thought these are just kind of, um, you know, baseless rumours, you know, I just wouldn't have reported it. Ah, I understand now. If she had known they were just baseless rumours, she wouldn't have reported them. But she knew they weren't baseless, so she did report them. Now, the actual Brereton Inquiry report says that Cromfote's first report, and I'm quoting, did not detail any specific incident, and that she herself described the information she presented and received as a whole lot of vague, nameless scenarios. Now, that should obviously fill you with confidence 
that no one has had their reputation unfairly tarnished yet. Cronfoats also wrote a second report, which the Brereton Inquiry says contains, and get this, her report contained media reports of war crimes, media reports, but she did not actually expand on any of her illusions. But Cronfoats knew, she says, and she's a feminist sociologist. So of course, it must be true that she knew what she heard, the rumors she heard were true. So I thought I'd just give you a bit of insight into this person with such remarkable intuition. And I cannot tell you, she's given us this insight over the summer period, thanks to her love of Twitter. On January 7, she retweeted a Malcolm Turnbull tweet blaming Trump for the Capitol riots. On the 13th of January, she retweeted her Air Force husband with the hashtag BLM, who now claims that he's been forced to change his Twitter biography due to racism, presumably within the Air Force. The same day, Cronvotes tweeted an opinion piece arguing that Trump was, well, a white supremacist, obviously. Then she retweeted out praise for cause to change the date of Australia Day, retweeted an advertisement for the director of the Workplace Gender Equality Agency, and an article quoting the Governor-General who claims the order of Australia system is biased against women. Actually, it is, especially against stay-at-home mums, but I'm not sure that that was Samantha's point. And then there were further tweets about white supremacy in Australia, and of course, she was very happy about Joe Biden's decision to recruit people who don't know whether they are male or female. It all paints a picture of someone who, well, thinks the military should be filled with social justice warriors instead of actual war fighters. Regardless of whether war crimes occurred or not, in my humble opinion, Cromfotes is the last person the ADF needs advice from about cultural change. But she's got seven mil so far, and no doubt more will follow. As for her intuition, now that the prosecutions are being investigated and are underway, we're about to find out how good it really is. My bet is that long before all of this is over, a bunch of people who helped make Cromfotes very rich are gonna wish they never paid her a cent in the first place. There will be senior soldiers and officers who jumped on the woke bandwagon who fall off because at some point, everyone does. It's already happened. But, and this is a real shame, it won't stop moves for the SAS to be feminized already. It's been reported in the Daily Telegraph just before Christmas that the ADF is looking at how they can bring women into the SAS, either by dropping physical standards or even just putting them in charge. Whatever the SAS was, and it definitely has problems that need addressing, the solution we're gonna get will leave us with less military capability. The Bernard Gaynor Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Bernard Gaynor. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news, good S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show.